of July, another podcast from Italy. Thank you for downloading it and listen to us babble into these microphones for about an hour or so. I'm Jason. Sitting across from me smiling is Ashley. Together we run, own, and operate La Tavola Marche, an agriturismo in the heart of Italy, a little town called Piobico, um, our little piece of paradise. And it is 6.19 in the morning. We've been up since something uh, to five. To yes, we have. Honest. And uh, like I said, today is the 1st of July. Um, if I had to be honest, this is probably going to be the last podcast of the of the summer, right? <laughs> I Not doubt we, we're going to have... I like how I made it seem like we do, podca- we do a podcast every oh, other day. Exactly. No. Um, inconsistent as usual once we get busy. And yes, we had a little time today and I don't know when the next time will be. Maybe not until August. No, so maybe this a little is, well, We're hoping this will be a good one. Yeah. We'll give you... We got a lot going on and a lot happening here in our little part of the world. So let's jump right into it. Um, if you've been checking out the the uh, the news of what's going on in Europe, the news has been dominated by the, uh, heat, wave. the heat wave that has come across uh, France, uh, France, France, Germany, Austria, Spain. Spain. We kind of thankfully uh, were a little bit south of it. it was, I, no one cares for me to go into the how where it, how it happened or what. tell us, Jay. No, no, don't. no one Please cares. Don't. <laughs> anyway, the little area of really hot air was more north of us so we didn't i mean it was warm we're experiencing now like august weather so it's 32 33 34 every day but But not nearly like modena being 40 something feeling like 43 that's hot no that's hot and as soon as the um sun goes down in the evening the cool air comes there's no stone there's nothing to hold the heat around it's all green around us so it cools off really nice the the problem is then when you wake up in the morning, yesterday was 8 degrees. This morning's 11 degrees. It's too you, – to go from 34 to 8 in the morning is such a thermal shock to the plants that they do not like it. It's just – it's not good. No, but the guests love it because they can sleep well. It means we really don't need the AC that we don't have. We just have some <laughs> box fit like some fans in the rooms. But uh, – you, it really is. Um, we are so lucky. We're very lucky. We're and so no, lucky. I don't know if guests believe us, but really, I know. We, we, no one in our area, in our little zone around here, has air conditioning. And in the evenings, you open up the windows, you put the, the little, you put the little fan, and tw- uh, sucking in the cool air from outside, inside. And twenty minutes later, it is it's great, beautiful inside. So same thing this morning, 11 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. The sun is just starting to peek over Monte Ruperto, and it's going to be another. Well, it's just ironic. A few podcasts ago, depending on how um, frequently we were doing these, uh, we were talking about too much water. We went from drought talk in the winter to too much water in the spring and just nonstop rain. And now, again, we haven't had a drop drop. since sometime in May. So um, thankfully, you got your irrigation system set up in the garden. Uh, yeah, everything's planted in the garden this uh, now. Now it's just maintenance and cleaning up and pulling weeds and and um, you know hoeing up tomatoes and different vegetables. But everything's in. Everything's happy. We had a couple questions on Facebook about the garden right now with the heat. If anything is suffering since yeah. it's still young. Yeah, it, um, the tomatoes will crinkle up their leaves during the day. Like you'll see their their leaves instead of being broad and open and flat, they'll kind of V. 
together. Mm. Um, and then they'll relax in the, in the morning. You'll see them relaxed again. Um, the peppers are not really growing. They're looking fine, but nothing's really taking off. Um, once it gets above 32, I've noticed, 32, 33, everything just just kind just of stunts it. Stunts it. Um, which is interesting. You would think that all this stuff wants nice hot weather, but there's a certain point where it doesn't want. It's just too damn hot. It's just too hot. So, um, but everything's happy. I don't have any. I mean, it's it's early. Everything basically went into the ground uh, last weekend of May. So it's it's only it's been in less than a month. So that's not bad. No, we pulled out potatoes for the. We yeah. pulled out the first potatoes to check on them. They were small. We'll let them cook a little bit more. Uh, we'll have zucchini this week. I've got cucumbers are budding. We'll have radi- radishes. Did terribly. We'll have them, but they'll just, be spicy. It's, no, they're not going to develop the bulb. It's Uh-oh. just going to be the little the little shoot. I Bummer. Think. It's just too hot. Um, beans are coming up, so it's a little bit of everything. It's looking good and. Oh, there's um, still plenty of time for things to speaking of the garden. I also had a bunch of questions on Instagram about the basil and how I was able to finally get it to grow this year. And I have to say, shout out to a random guy on YouTube who suggested doing this with, um, uh, cilantro and basil and he makes like mini rows in the pots, just barely, I don't know. How far is this? I'm not good. A couple. Help me out. How nope. how nope. deep? How how far is that, Ash? Nope. Okay. So just a tip of your finger deep and <laughs> and uh, put the seeds in. Just barely cover it up and then keep the seeds covered until they've started to sprout. Once they were starting to sprout, we uncovered them, kept them in the shade for most of the time. As they start to get a little stronger, morning sun, evening shade, afternoon shade, and they are really coming in for the first time in years. I don't know why I was always having a hard time with the basil, but looks good. Much simpler to do it this way too. Uh, Wood Oven Workshop is coming up in three days. We have it. We're getting ready. We've I've redone the oven. Um, we had three different uh, masons out. I think I talked about this. And no one had a really good solution. I got – thank you, anyone who gave suggestions online um, and sent them in. But in the end, we just ended up – I ended up going to town and opening up the cracks with a chisel to get it to at least – half a centimeter, three quarters of a centimeter wide. So the um, refractory cement has enough, enough bite in there and we'll see what happens. I'm not, I'm not thinking this is a permanent solution. I would imagine that I'll probably have to do this again at the end of the year, but it's better than nothing. Cause right now my um, oven does not, my wood oven leaks like a sieve and does not hold uh, heat at all. So We'll see. It's, it, I did it the other day. We let it sit for three or four days just to really dry out, and then I'll start lighting curing fires to um, to make sure that everything heats evenly. But I got to say, uh, if this whole cooking thing doesn't work out for me, then I, I could be a mason because I, I kind of like masonry work. And um, Wait, you complained the entire time. I know. It's dusty and hot and sweaty, <laughs> but I'm good at it. Like At the end, it's like, oh, that looks halfway decent. And it's just like – it's very similar to pastry in that doing masonry is kind of almost like frosting a cake or, or doing things with different um, – different pastry things. Mm-hmm. The, the tools look very similar and the, the consistency of the mix and everything is, is kind of similar. And I don't know. I think I could do, well, I always got, I've always got it. Uh, I always can go into masonry. You also have a lifeguard 
certificate. That's true. I <laughs> Italian certified. So I could be a, a lifeguarding mason. Yep, exactly. Building, building walls on the beach. It's been a busy June, though. I think probably the last podcast was at the end of May. I don't even remember. But it felt like... It, the month flew by in three or four days. Um, it was a blast. We had our basics of the Italian kitchen workshop, and then we've had a full farmhouse rental for a 60th birthday party. And it was a great group. But probably the highlight was having the folk band from Apecchio come and surprise the guests. The hostess knew, but um, the guests had no idea. And sure enough, 11-piece band shows up right before dinner it starts serenading the guests with music to come out the front door and here they see 11 guys from Apecchio the next town over everything from I mean just all the instruments it was great they are in the front yard conga lining around the house by the end of the night and it's um one of the guests wrote a wonderful little blog post about it and probably the best adjective I've heard and it was Fellini-esque, which was such a compliment and seemed so true in a way because you just couldn't even – they were – how would you even explain the band? They, it's folk music. It's amazingly, wonderfully – I wouldn't say terrible, but um, it's not perfect. No. Um, but it is. What do you call that? Um, they um, Not particular. That's um, – what would you call it? Kitschy? Maybe. Maybe. Know. It's uh, not refined at all, but they are a blast. Yeah, they're, 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 they're a fun time. I mean, it is. Their nickname's the Drunk Band. They want to come, give them a bunch of wine, and they will play all night long. But it's the same ten songs. Oh, and there's three that they loop. They, hard. There are Diana. They looped hard. What was the other one that they looped? There's hard? an Apacase one uh, yeah, yeah, about yeah. being a local. Um, but they have, they they throw a good party. It was a blast. I just posted some pictures of it on Facebook, so go check it out. So this year we've um, tried to set ourselves up a little bit better than in previous years, where it was just a parade of of different bookings coming in all the time. And this year we're trying to do it more little pockets where it's intense and then we have a couple of days to clean up and regroup instead of just going right in. So because of that now, we get get an afternoon here or a day there. So we've really tried to take advantage of it. And there's a lot – because – there's so much going on in our area during the summer, from sagras and festivals to um, to uh, different sporting events. Um, Normally, I mean, everyone knows of the medieval festivals and, like, the uh, renaissance fairs and things like this. But there's a lot of other little things going on. So uh, we were in um, Sant'Angelo, our village of Sant'Angelo, um, throwing out garbage and going to the bank, honestly, the other day. And we saw this big billboard, big billboard. A billboard for uh, a um, small professional boxing match going on in that town on uh, uh, Friday. Last Friday, it was like, oh, all right, well, we're we're gonna go there. Awesome. Well, and this was classic because we try to look for festivals and keep our eye out for things, but it is truly these things you you don't see it on the website or in the newspaper necessarily. You've just got to go into town, and it's their little posters throughout town or throughout. Not a billboard poster. Yeah. <laughs> um, there used to be a site called Marque and Feste, and they used to try to uh, aggregate all the different things going on. They still try, but it's I not, checked and it wasn't on there. No, and it's so it's it's sometimes hard to find where these things are when they're going to be or if or sometimes if the weather's not good they'll change the date and tell no one we've gone before where it's like 
uh, we show up and it's like, oh, no, 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 we changed it to next weekend. And it's like, well, how do you expect to have tourism if, if you can't get your act together? But um, we went to the boxing match. It started at 9, so we showed up at 8.30. Now, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't either, I didn't know if it was going to be like a um, – like two over the hill kind of ex champ guys who are a little out of shape, you know, uh-huh. having an amateur boxing match or what was going to happen. But what it was is kind of for, um, it was 10 different amateur, uh, three amateur matches and then, uh, what? It was seven total. Seven total. So the first three were amateur and then the last four were professional. And um, from all, uh, basically, it was different boxing clubs from around the Marque and, mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, so Rimini Catolica all along the coast. And uh, it took an hour ish to get the intros out of the way. Oh man, it took forever. <laughs> but um, and it was like, hello, are we here to see some boxing? I swear to God, the guy was almost like reciting poetry at one point. It felt so confusing. He was losing the audience terribly. Um, but when you think of oh a boxing match like a CD kind of betting, no, this was families there totally. because it was the boxing clubs from all over the the Marque Abruzzo um, over even over into Umbria. You had. The little kids came to support whoever was was you their know, coaches, their coaches, and it was really kind of a family thing, kind of like what we real um, when we go to see the the uh, professional small time basketball. How mm-hmm. everyone kind of brings out the the family, and it was really nice. Um, we are wanks. how many people do you think were there? couple of few hundred like it was packed the yeah. little gymnasium was packed mm-hmm. um we everyone you know we kind of hung out outside before because it was warm in the in the gymnasium and everyone was drinking beer and they had um you know the typical piadina and and um you would see the guys warming up because yeah. this is really small so there's no locker rooms no or, they're just like doing laps around the outside of the yeah these guys are jogging around us and shadow boxing off to the left why all these other people are just chain smoking cigarettes and pounding beers and eating yep. grilled sausages on the right. So it was great. Um, we are such wanks that by, because the guy took an hour to introduce everyone and like set the whole thing up by the, th- their, by the third match. We yeah. were ready to go? Yeah. Yeah, we were ready to go by the third. It was 11-something. We had spent the whole afternoon in the garden mowing the lawn and all of this. And we were sitting there three or four little beers in. And we're both just like barely able to keep our eyes open. And it was enjoyable evening. Yeah, I it wasn't, wasn't bored. No, I just and was it wasn't... so tired all of a sudden. Thank God Jason was like, I'm getting tired, Ash. I was like, so am I. I was afraid to tell you. I didn't want to feel like... I know. I totally felt like we were wanking out too. So we missed the main event. <laughs> of course. We left when the professionals. We saw one professional fight, and then we we left because we were tired. But um, it wasn't bad. One thing I did notice is that is the first round. Everyone's um, um, technique is really good, and then by round three, it's kind of gets sloppy. They're as getting so, tired. As soon as everyone gets tired, the technique goes out the window, which was. And we noticed they were skinnier than we thought. Yes, a lot of skinny guys, mm-hmm. not a lot of beefcakes. No. Um, but there's another one coming up in Urbania on July 13th. So we're going to try to go to boxing match number two. Uh, let's see. Boat. Oh, we we also got away for an afternoon and went t- down to uh, Porto Novo, which is south of just south of Ancona. And here in Italy, if you uh, <laughs> under a certain um, you, they'll just toss you the keys to a boat. <laughs> it's dangerous. A real boat. <laughs> um, 
under 40 in a lake in the open sea in here you go sea. 40 if you have a motor with 40 horsepower under and i forget how long mm-hmm. it is but a real boat you don't need a captain's license you don't need any form of anything you, they toss you the keys and shove you into the ocean um, so wh- that's what we did. And at first it was a little hairy because. Yeah, the first 30, 45 minutes it was like. <laughs> now we've done this in Lago Bolsena. Oh, wait, you, we didn't t- say what kind of boat it was. Oh, it was like a Zodiac thing. Yeah, rubber pontoony. Well, the bottom's a real boat, but the sides are ru- those rubber pontoons. Which, um, which was a little small for the sea. <laughs> yes. I mean, it wasn't small for us. The there other were, thing fit is, two people. This coastline isn't a flat, sandy beach, long stretch of beach line. We are going along Monte Conero um, area, which means these are rock sheer cliffs going into a teeny tiny pebble beach, if there's a beach, straight into the sea. You see sheared off parts of these mountains, and you're wondering where did they go? Had to be in the water. So you just keep thinking, I don't know how close we could get to the coast. And our whole idea was, we had this romantic idea. Oh, we're going to rent a boat and then drop the anchor or bring it on into wherever and go have lunch on the beach at one of these restaurants. And you're not allowed. You're not allowed. You cannot. They told us we were and that they got, we asked another guy and he's like, no, you'll get a ticket right away. So you there's, the buoy. so obviously there's, there's buoys, red buoys up and down the coast where motorized boats cannot enter because it's the area for swimming. You see hundreds of people on the beach. Um, the guy, when we rented the boat was like, yeah, if you kill the motor and use the oars, you can paddle into the, onto the shore and then just hang out. Well, I didn't see any boats on the shores. No. I, in fact, I saw all the boats with their anchors right on the line of the buoys. So we go up to a guy and say, excuse me, we were told that if we kill the engine, lift it up, and paddle in, that you will that you can just bring the boat onto the shore. Like, Jason's like, is this a good place to do that? <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, you can do that, but you'll, you'll get a ticket <laughs> as soon as he passes. So in that sense, it wasn't as... Um, I, that's what I wanted to do because there's all these beaches along the coast that aren't accessible by uh, road. Um, or they're just little alcove beaches, or they actually have a ferry service that goes from Numana um, Ancona. and Ancona, and it'll drop you for the day at these uh, secluded beaches and come and pick you back up. Um, so we couldn't do that, um, which was a bummer. But it was nice being out on the water. The other thing that is m- very different from Lago Bolsena or a beautiful calm lake is the current. Um, I wanted to just kind of like hang out and swim around the current was so strong as soon as you jumped in the water if you were not paddling as hard as you can you were going away from the boat quickly i was gripping onto the edge of the boat for dear life like i was just kind of like uh floating i started making fun i'm like ashley like it's fine and she's like no i I jump in and it was like oh my god yeah (laughs) you've got to really paddle like push Otherwise, that, you're... Yeah, like the idea of sitting in a floaty, you would have been floating away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're just uh, bouncing around right there. Um, also, another problem is for the unexperienced boater is pulling into a port. Um, so we wanted to go for lunch, obviously. So we come into the port of Numana. And here you have b- boats and people who are used to r- doing boats and expensive boats. And it's very obvious with our yellow uh pontoon boat that we are very amateurish and it's just nerve-wracking well when we came in there's a attendant guy and they even told us if we came down to the port in numana someone's there to kind of help you or direct you at least and sure enough a little guy in a boat zips up to us and and we're in like we said like a little tiny dinghy compared to some of the nicer boats or anything bigger out there and he we're like we just want to stop for lunch and he looks around and he's like oh. 
a lot of like hands thrown up and out of side. Like, I don't even know where to put you. Where can I put you? Where can I put you? And it's like, I don't know. We're tiny. And then we're like, that's your whole job is to take boats and, and escort them into the port <laughs> and tell them where to park. That is your job. So he's like, I don't know. Come back in an hour or something. So we come back in an hour and the guy's gone for lunch. <laughs> so then we're like, okay, I guess we're going to figure it out ourselves. And we, some guys are, we f- long see, story yeah. short. So <sighs> boating people are very nice. They yeah. They helped, helped us, us out. In. Um, and they showed me how to swing the ass around and, and, and all that. And, um, but, but very inexperienced. It, it was okay. I got used to it on the open water, like how to do the throttle with the, with the waves and how to take the, um, how to take the swells with the little boat to make it not so jaw. Well, it also helped distributing the weight. Yeah. 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 But, um, Oh, yeah. by the way, weight involved. Um, they called this a six person boat. It's a two person American boat with a cooler because we brought a cooler oh, and it yeah. took up like half the boat and when we were dragging this cooler down the beach road I felt like it was like the scratched um uh what's it called the scratching of the vinyl because all eyes were like who is making that ruckus and they were like hello Italians how do you not have a huge cooler you bring to the beach no ice I know. Okay, it. these group of guys, we walk by this group of guys as we're leaving, and the group of guys <sighs> stop and tur- and all turn around. And, and I'm in like a bikini and stuff, and I, it's like they were not. Like, she's like, they're not checking me out. I'm like, no, they're like, they're checking out your cooler. <laughs> I know. It's like, Jason, no. They stopped to check you out. And he's like, what? And I was like, the cooler? It was hysterical. It was seriously, we got so, I mean, we don't even have, I know they have those new Yeti coolers. Oh my whatever. God, those are cool. We don't, it's just a dinky little igloo cheapy cheapy cooler that um ashley's girlfriend that got us uh because she was part uh her husband's in the military so they'd go to the military like fbo or whatever it's called uh not fbo that's flying anyway and she bought us this as a gift um no ice in italy meaning i can't go to the it's not like it doesn't exist it's just that if you go to the grocery store or a anywhere you're not going to find a bag of ice so what they do have are these cool packs like these blue plastic things with this hard plastic hard plastic and you throw those in the freezer and then you throw those in don't really work the same there's something about pouring ice on beer and diving your hand into the cooler and grabbing up i don't know there's something about it anyway is it a coke is it a beer is it a root beer i don't know we're gonna find out when i pull my hand out um so us bringing this cooler to the beach was a thing. Totally. It was, all it was filled with was water, wine, and melon. Fruit. <laughs> yeah, which was so Italian, too. We just thought, I don't understand. Okay, here's another one. Italians love fruit at the beach. They will bust out, you because you watch, they bust out these giant containers with watermelon, kilos melon. of melon and, and watermelon and melon and stone fruit and all this. And they go, they love All cut up, ready to beach. go. They go crazy for it. They're not wrong. The fruit here is excellent. And we followed suit. They definitely know what they're talking about. But it was a blast. Um, check it out if you're on the Adriatic. Um, if, you, if you are good with boats or not, if you're confident driving a boat, it's, not an exp- it's much more affordable than you would think for getting a boat for the entire day. Yeah, throw it out there. What was oh, the price? I think it was 140 euros. I think so too. Plus the gas, and gas was like 12. Exactly. So I don't know for if, if I know that sounds like a lot to for a day, but if you t- if you have a family of four and you go to the beach, let's say, it's 15 euros ahead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
It's not free. Is no, but it was it was worth it. It was fun. Um, uh, we do it again now that I know. Yeah. How, how did you? What what's going on? I do. How it to again. navigate a little more? We thought maybe they'd give you a tiny tutorial. Nothing. Nothing. Listen, and this is no- wait, wait. We skipped part of the best part. We get to the quote unquote air quote port that the boat launch area oh, no, was from. No, it was called a port and um in Porto Novo. And it is a rocky cliff with a rinkety metal boat chute launcher that they were like, climb on in, and then they just like launch it. It looks like a like um it's the rails to a uh, roller coaster that, yes. that that the boat that they crane they lift up the boat and put it on this little cart that's on those rails, and then they winch you down into the water and that's it. Later. And they're like, All right. Start start it up when you get past the line. Now, listen. The boat—it's just it's the open ocean, and if you've never, if you have no experience, there are giant vessels that you have to go it's, by. It's active. Yeah. So it was a little—I don't know. It's just, which is with caution. It was a little terrified at first, but it ended up to be a blast. Um, something else that we were able to do since we didn't have guests was. Um, uh, two nights ago, back in Sant'Angelo and Vado, they're killing it this summer. Uh, they did a rock and roll and barbecue where you buy your bisteca, uh, you pick your cut of meat, and then they grill it up for you, and or you can grill it yourself. It was with classic rock playing. It was a blast. Yeah, they had a butcher come. in the park. They had a uh, they on a big open field. They had a butcher come and set up a. Um, his, you know, you see him all over Italy. We'll call it a food truck for a lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, and he, you'd order your steak and you'd tell him what you want and they'd whack it off. And there was maybe a dozen grills to the left of that with a guy manning each one. And you can cook it if you want or have the guy cook it if you want. It was, it was awesome. And they, the grills they used were kind of those... Um, oil take grills cut yeah, in half cut and in half. there's one grill in the middle that without grates and he's the fire pit guy and he's feeding everyone's fire but it was great because we see the florist or the not the florist the guy who owns the nursery and his son one's cooking one's grilling meat you see all the locals it's it's really fun to go out to those things and all the families and the music is hysterical because it, if you're just listening to the rhythm and the, the instrument the band is on point spot on and you're like i could jam to this i'm gonna sing along and then once the singing along starts that's where it starts uh, falling apart the accent comes in strong for some reason and some of the pronunciation is uh definitely lost listen but don't throw stones i won't if, it's you amazing should speak, let's, let's spit a little italian i know i can't sing italian songs <laughs> It was. It's great though. But, and Piobico, our little teeny tiny piccolo Piobico, they're trying this summer with a bunch of festivals and Tuesday nights in Piobico. Plus the Americans are showing up in full force for the opera um, courses. Universities throughout the states send um, opera students to your Italy to come and do opera and learn and sing in these beautiful little venues. So if you are visiting us or the area that it's definitely worth going to see, cause it's gorgeous to hear them sing in like, the castle and these little piazzas. Since we're talking Piobico, what else is with the water cooler oh, talk? Man, there's lots of water to- cooler talk going on. Um, talk about the Fox there. We are not the only ones with a Fox problem eating chickens. It seems to, it seems that this is a good year for the Fox. He's, he's out and his friends are out and they're destroying livestock. Our poor chickens have been stuck in their coop almost all freaking 
June at least. And the fox, Jason, let him out to go clean the coop, came upstairs to change the water about a five to seven minute uh, being leaving them out and about. And the freaking fox nabbed one while he was gone. And so that means he's watching. He's watching me. So we'll see. We'll have to come up with a different, uh, all my normal fox eradication um, uh, therapies, as we'll call them, have not worked. That's a nice so, word. So we'll have to figure something else out. He's got to die. Uh, the, uh, the, big, big news. Big water cooler talk. The road, the fallen out road between us and San, and Apecchio now has now has been dug out. We talked about it on the last podcast, and now there is a gate and keys. So I have secured the keys for it. Big, 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 big news. talk. Gaji. He is ecstatic. Whoa. I gotta make uh, I gotta make copies yep. of the keys so we can go. It is passable now that it's dry. I would. Um, I still don't want guests arriving that no, way. No, no. Um, but now we can go the back way for the market tour, and just for us zipping into Sant'Angelo or something, we can go the back way again with the keys. And because we're in between three villages, we're ten minutes, twelve minutes from three villages. If we can't go this back road, that our our actual we're in the comune or the, the village of Sant'Angelo, but it's the furthest from us. If we can't go that back road, a twelve minute drive turns into thirty. 35. 35, because we have to go all the way around. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been to Sant'Angelo in forever. No. So, and look, now that we got the keys, we were there twice in a weekend. <laughs> uh, Mirko, ah, one of the bars in, uh, one of the bars in Piobico is, uh, got a big gelato maker and is making gelato every day, which is big news. There's oh my gosh. This is the talk of everyone. He posted pictures <laughs> on Facebook that said, uh, like the machines are running and had four gelato machines going and... Oh my God, Piobico exploded with chatter. The first evening that he had open with the gelato now, it was packed. Gaji was like, well, let's talk about packed. How much is packed for Piobico? There was 100 people outside. There's maybe 2,000 in the whole town. That's a yeah. giant portion of Piobico yeah. is out there. Um, he got one of the, what I think he's doing, because here's the deal. When you see, we've talked about this again on the, on the thing, on the podcast. Every sign you see will say artisanal gelato. And every single every one. Every single one. None of it is. <laughs> Why? Because the amount of equipment and space. I We are good friends with uh, Antonio and um, Paola. Paola from Maki who make gelato from let's get the milk and the eggs and the sugar and let's make gelato. And the amount of equipment and space and investment they have made to make r real artisanal gelato is insane. Mirko, I think, bought this machine. Plus, you can buy like a pre-made mix that you would add to the machine and then put in flavor. So he has four flavors every single day. To produce four different flavors every day is a that's all you're doing is making gelato, not running a bar and doing all the other stuff. So what I think it is is a pre-made mix that you just dump in the machine in the morning, hit the switch, 45 minutes later, gelato, which is cool. It's fun. It should just be called Fresh Mix Daily. Now, there's also the ones where you buy the... Um, it's already done. It's all done. And like those are the deliver. ones where it's just just coming up and over the top and ridiculous, too. So, uh, not I don't want to knock it. I like, I'm not knocking it, but it's it's still not the real no, deal. What it is, 
is now the best thing P.O. Bico has, though, yes. for gelato. Because people see it being made. It doesn't exactly. matter if it's – it doesn't matter that it no. showed up at UHT in a, in a, in a shelf-stable no. bottle and you just dump it in. No, it, it doesn't matter. And when it's hot like this, it really doesn't matter. So good for Mirko. He's also trying this little bar, uh, Cantucci. Is, uh, Il Cantucho. Il Cantucho, that's right. Uh, he's just trying different things. I like it. He's doing music throughout the summer. It's great. After uh, I talk a bunch of shit I know, about it. I know. Go check out Mirko's Gelato. Um, a very hysterical small town. Um, this fits under the water cooler talk. Is um, now with the influx of purchase orders from Amazon, etc., online ordering that we do. <laughs> um, our postal system is a disaster for us. As Jason mentioned, we're part of the Comune of Sant'Angelo and Vado. Our technical address is Sant'Angelo and Vado. However, we are much closer to Piobico. With that road falling out, especially, the post from Sant'Angelo maybe arrives twice a month, three times a month, honestly. Um, so we send most packages through Piobico. Um it's a mess. Amazon has it's gotten better. And it's not their fault. No. It's our fault. It's our address. Also, it's the infrastructure of the courier system because yes. um, Amazon has not worked it out yet where it all comes through one courier or one mode. So some stuff comes by like when I say courier, I mean like a UPS, FedEx, DHL, DHL kind of thing. Kind of thing. And then some stuff comes via the post. Um, so there's like half a dozen private couriers, if you will, private delivery systems, and then there's the postal system. So you never know really which way it's going to come. Because for the couriers, we ha- we've worked it out with them all to drop it off at one of the bars in Piobico, and we just come and pick it up. Their phone numbers are um, saved in our phone. Our yeah, phone numbers- we know. I know all the cards. Oh, yeah. Card. Um, <laughs> however, if it comes from the postal systems and we put Piobico, that throws a wrench in the works because we're not – in Piobico, we are in Sant'Angelo. Technically, these towns are small enough; they know that too. And it's like, wait, no, they're technically in Sant'Angelo, so How, it's a mess. We got because if we put Sant'Angelo, which is technically the Sant'Angelo postman, does not want to bring these packages out here, so the, Sant'Angelo is not complaining at all. No, they are in fact send. If it says Sant'Angelo, they are rerouting it through the main post office in Fossombrone back to Piobico, even though it is written Sant Angelo. It's a mess. So much so we've gotten a phone call from the postmaster three times, uh, the regional postmaster asking us to use Piobico as our address. We consistently do and we include our phone number and anytime we can information to have the car- driver call us. However, if on our invoices we can't have Piobico because we are not in there. So if we have a fiscal receipt that we need to submit for our taxes, it must say Sant'Angelo. Otherwise, it's not us. It's It doesn't work. So I pop into the post office the other day because we get a phone call and we've got a package waiting for us in Piobico. And the guy who knows us well in there, young guy, he's hysterical. He just starts smiling and he says, I've got your Paco. And then he's like, and a personal letter for you too. And he said... It's been written in English. <laughs> we both started laughing. And he said she to- said that she talked to you guys, but she wanted to make sure you understood. So this time she wrote it in English. I said, we did understand. We're trying. So let me read this from the postmaster. Highly official. Um, good morning. In consideration of the um, location of your residence, co-location, whatever, Location of your residence, which is not easy to reach for us, it would be advisable to send your parcels to the Piobico Post Office, which would make our service easier. No shit. <laughs> 
awaiting reply. We thank you. Now, do you really think we have sat on our hands for 10 years? We want our packages. We want to, to go there. We have asked the postman. We have asked Piobico. We, we tried to set up a P.O. box in Piobico, but it doesn't exist. We have tried other things. Everyone passes the buck and says, go to this person or go to... Fr-. Listen. So, well, once the guy at the Piobico office read this and saw it, he looked at me and I said, well, he goes... She's the boss. This is the postmaster, like the head. We asked Piobico, can we send the packages here? And they're like, oh, we can't take them. We don't have a place to put them, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We talked to Sant'Angelo and said, can you change our address to Piobico? And now we can just have all our mail go to the closer post office. They suggested we use Urbania and get a P.O. box there. Like add another town into the mix. It's a mess. Just small town hilarities living down a long country road has its charms. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Oh, we had a great slice of Italy. This is typical, very uh, Italian experience. We needed a second. We needed. We have one refrigerator for our whole business. Like, we do not. I shop every day. So, for the most part, one normal fridge. And we're not talking an American fridge. We're talking about one door fridge is usually okay for us um we have a smaller in italy it's considered a professional fridge yes in italy this is considered a giant professional refrigerator if an american looked at this they'd be like no that mine at home is bigger and in a professional kitchen this would be like one of five yes <laughs> um so we have we're doing bigger groups this year so we need a second like beer wine fruit kind of fridge it's just because otherwise mine just gets it just gets packed and it's too much so we go we go, all right let's just get a normal home fridge so we go down to the coast to the um two uh, big box electronic store and then also the like um kind of like a target like a target where they have food clothes home appliance it's a giant store and we'll do a little price shopping because i don't want to order it online we need this today so we go in and we price compare, and they're basically the same price for the same model. Now, I like to say that if you go online and check this out, it'll, I, I love to say when it comes to anything you plug in, electronics, Italy has tomorrow's prices for yesterday's models, meaning <laughs> it's, it's always like the model before, but at the price that today's model is. It's crazy expense. I don't know why. Um, so this refrigerator is more money than you would think it would be for this crappy little fridge. Um, so we go to the fir- so we go to the the, the kind of Target um, big grocery slash uh, what, what superstore superstore, and we see the one and we we can't find a person of course in the electronics section. So we go to the thing and she calls the the person in the electronics section. And, of course, she's like, I've been standing here the whole time. It's like, yeah, you were in the corner talking to your friend. Of course we couldn't see you. So we're like, all right, we'll take this one. And she's like, okay, let me go uh, Let me go to the back and blah, 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 blah. She's like, all right, we don't have any more. It's only this one. It's the floor model. And I'm like, all right, well, let's look it over and see if there's anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. But, of course, there's no discount. This no. is in America. Just because it's the – they don't carry stock. We just realize this, that all these places – do not have more refrigerators in the back. <laughs> no. Whatever you see on the floor here, these 12 refrigerators is the 12 refrigerators they are selling. So she goes, we don't have another one. It's this one. It's like, okay, well, there's nothing wrong with it. Is there a discount? No. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Can you get the box? And Can you how get do the we- box and we'll put it back together and, and, you know, whatever. She goes, oh, no, there is no box. 
You just carry out this refrigerator. She's like, we have some bubble wrap. Then she decided to tell us how we would have to procure and pick up the refrigerator. This is a big um, uh, shopping center. So our car is very far away. We would have to go out, put a deposit down for a cart, this like bigger cart that they would – I think they use it like in the warehouse. We have to give them a deposit for that. And ID. And ID. We have to then come and load this thing, bubble wrap it ourselves and load it up, go through the normal checkout like at the at – the, with, with people buying like milk and stuff. So <laughs> and, then refrigerator. Have, and then we have to wheel this out. We cannot come up to the loading dock because the loading dock's closed. We get to wheel it out to the parking lot. Was like, all right, no, without a box, <laughs> without a box. It's like, all right, it's the floor model. It's the it's the full price. I have to wrap it up myself, and I can't bring my car up. No, thank you. So we were just like, they just lost out on a freaking sale. So we go literally to like two um, stores down to the electronics, like the the big box electronics store. Same thing there. Here's our refrigerators. At least the guy was there. He was not enthusiastic. Jason was like, all right, tell me about the difference between these two models right here. And he just reads off the like um, highlight sheet that's on both doors. And it was like, dude, that that was the obvious part. We knew that. I could have done that. It's like, well, this one has 118 liters and this one's 116 liters. It's like, yeah, I I can read that. And it's like, all right, I understand. That's the way it goes. Totally. Same thing though. All right, we'll take this one. All right, let me go see if I have it. Nope, don't have another one. Okay, we'll check over the floor model. Do it again. Do it again. Okay, box it up and and we'll take it. And go, ah, we don't have boxes. They don't keep the boxes for how do you how do you expect people to take these home? We literally wrapped it in clear the like the packing cellophane. Found um, Jason fa- was like, "Can you find? Can some you find boxes? styrofoam or something? Electronics place. You're selling televisions and all this. Don't you have anything we could wrap around I'm like, it? You don't have any boxes or styrofoam in the back." He's like, "Let me check." So he goes and finds a box that we lay down in the back of the van, and then we take styrofoam from other things and like wrap <laughs> it up, and it's just like. Jesus. This is a store. This is a real store. This, this is, is a, a box store. store. This, this isn't, is this isn't a guys, mom and pop shop. This is all you guys do. And <laughs> then um, I were dragging this out. But it was just what should have been one hour. I'll take that one. The, the whole checkout process just took freaking forever. forever. 300 bucks. <laughs> 300 bucks for a crappy little refrigerator. And it took forever mm-hmm. so it, it's it's a very italian um the whole experience was very italian in the sense of the confusion the lack of customer service the indifference <laughs> to me spending money in their store oh yeah the whole thing even after t- almost 12 years it it still strikes me as odd um something else incredibly italian that happened this week that cracks me up is uh, Jason was issued a very serious prescription by the physical therapist. Man, I woke up one day last week and my hands were like stuck in a claw position, both of them. Think of making like the <laughs> claw. And I could straighten them, but it was very tight. And then if I relaxed, the hand went immediately back into the claw position. And then after about 10 minutes of waking up and like opening and closing and working my hand, it kind of went back to normal and it freaked me out. Out. Yeah, that's not good. No, it really freaked me out because it wasn't like, oh, my hands are sore or my my forearms are sore. It was like, I am. This is how Clench. my hand is is staying. So I went to the physiotherapist and he's like, well, what's going on? I'm like, well, we had a bunch of people. I've made tons of bread, tons of pasta, tons of um, 
like just whipping up egg whites and all that stuff. He's like, well, that's what it is. And he showed me a bunch of exercises to do and kind of massages and where, how to stretch out. Um, so that's all good and it's much better now. But one thing he did tell me is I had to get a mixer because I do all this stuff by hand. I mix the bread by hand. I do the pasta by hand. And, and we're talking pizza dough for 20 something. Like it's kilos and kilos of this stuff. So if you do it once a week, it's not that big of a deal. But we had this back to back huge group. So I'm mixing, you know, six kilos of pizza dough twice, twice. a week and then pasta like three kilos of pasta in between that and my hands just and the garden you know pulling weeds and all that so i get i got a prescription for <laughs> must buy a mixer and i bought myself a spy eight kilo spiral mixer I'm i very, feel like that's only in italy too like like that they also know you need to still make the pasta and the bread like it's like well don't stop doing it you're like you just get a mixer i love it um, so I got an eight kilo spiral mixer, but the one with the speed control was on back order and I wanted it now. So I got the one without the speed control, but I think I can wire a speed control. Oh my so. God. This is why you were talking about making your adjustments already. Yeah. yeah. Now is that crazy to buy a brand new machine and just open it up and go to town on it? Really not knowing what I'm doing, but I saw the, it's a, since it's a commercial grade equipment, it comes with the, the, um, the wiring diagram and the whole schematics of the whole thing. And you see where the potentiometer, what do you call it? Potentiometer? Potential. I don't know. I have no idea. Potentiometer. The little knob that controls the flow of current through mm-hmm. the motor. I bet I can wire it in myself. I'll ask. I know two people who could probably help me. Anyway. Get on that. Can't wait to do it. I got my um, my my starters going this morning, and we're going to make some bread tonight and see how this Exactly. I can't wait. I was like, goes. well, now we got to test it out. It's not the mixer I wanted. I wanted a double arm diving mixer. If anyone wants to spend serious money on, on a really cool piece of equipment, go look up a diving arm mixer. They're kick ass. That's the next one. That's the next one. Fleecing tourists. <laughs> oh. Summer in Italy. Summer in Italy. Lots of lots of um, articles online and around about um, Italy fleecing the tourists, which is biting the hand that feeds you. I don't get it. What do I mean by that? Um, if you get if you're a Rome or any metropolitan area and you get a ticket for the bus or the metropolitana, you must stamp it in one of those machines before you get on or as you're getting on. There's the little green, yellow machines. You stick your ticket in, and that validates it. Just because you have a ticket in your hand does not mean it's good. Anyway, which is crazy, which is crazy. And I understand that's the system. But however, it's not really there's no signs about it. You just kind of have to know the Italians are targeting the tourists because they know that the tourists don't know. However, there's other people running around Italy who will just get on the bus, take it and get off. And the police do not say anything because they know they don't have any money, which is crazy. Either it's good for everyone or good for no one. Obviously, these tourists have a ticket in their hand. They bought the stupid ticket. I know. Educate them and let them go exactly. on. Exactly. I don't like that either. No. All their things they're doing is um, opening up or expanding the zona limitato. So there's these limited uh, entry zones. Traffic zones. Traffic zones. They're um, traffic zone TZLs they'll be. And it'll have a uh, red circle on a sign. Mm-hmm. Um, these are uh, areas where unless you're a resident or have a per- certain pass, you cannot enter. There won't be a barrier or a gate or anything. It'll just say be a sign that says 
TLZ zone or TZL zone, and you just go in. When we first arrived, we went to lunch in Bologna, and we were looking for a parking spot, and we went driving around. We went in and out of one of these zones four times in 30 minutes, and that lunch to Bologna ended up costing hundreds of euros. So if you're driving around, just just be wary. And if you're inside of a city wall, you probably shouldn't be there. Especially anything bigger than our little towns out here. Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're driving inside of a wall and if it's... If you're in Tuscany, if you're in... Um, if you're inside the wall in Montepucciano, you, you should not be there. If you're inside <laughs> of uh, the wall in... Um, Orvieto. Orvieto, you should not be inside that wall. There's parking spaces out, and a lot of the small towns will have a parking at the bottom and a Nevet, a uh, little shuttle that'll take mm-hmm. you. So that's another way they're fleecing, fleecing the tourists. Just it's it's kind of gross. It's, it's well, you were saying though that it makes you think of like Ryanair. That that we're the Ryanair of Europe. Yes. What do I mean by that? Well, Ryanair advertises five euro tickets on their planes and it's true if you follow their rules but there's a lot of it's kind of like a um um intelligence test not (laughs) intelligence but can you read and can you follow direction Mm -hmm. italy's a little bit the same way you kind of have to you're on your own and then that's how they're making their money ryanair does not make money giving you a plane ticket from dublin to rome for five bucks they make it by you not T- printing out your ticket and that's 50 euros and mm-hmm. then you being overweight in your bag and that's 50 euros and before you get to Rome it's your ticket was five but the add-ons were 180 same thing here in Italy kind mm-hmm. of. so just you rent your car but now you've got to check out where you're driving through you got to make sure you've um done the toll booth properly we'll talk oh, about that do you want to do that now or in the next one uh yeah let's talk about tolls because our guests had a huge problem with the toll booth yes <laughs> this happens normally two or three times a year with the guests all ask have someone ask me um can you translate this for me and they hand me a receipt from the toll booth saying on the auto strata. on the auto strata saying that they owe 72 bucks or something like that and what tends to happen is you're entering the autostrada and the toll road and you don't quite realize that you might be going from the highway um right onto it and um you you know because you're going through what looks like a toll booth but when you first enter you've got to get your ticket so you've got to make sure you're in the right lane because normally there's going to be two to four lanes or more and um above each lane on the toll booth will be a sign it'll either have a ticket and it'll it'll either have like a little ticket thing and like what we call the easy pass or the go pass or the little electronic pass some of these lanes have both, some have one or the other. So you have to look. Now, if you're a tourist and you go through the electronic lane, it will let you go. However, and you won't be given a ticket. You will not be given a ticket. And, and now when you get to the other end to pay, there's no record of where you came on. So what happens in that case is um, you have a receipt that spits out at you and you must pay the full toll from where the, the first, entrance first entrance is to, to where, where you, you exit. Um, so in this case, they got, um, they were coming from Rome, got off in, um, where would it be? Where's the toll from Rome? Um, or, um, or, or, orata or whatever. Orto? Or, or, Orte, Orte, Orte. And, um, which is only 25, 30 kilometers, 40 kilometers. It should be like four euros. It was 74. Yeah, because then now they have to pay from the tit all the way from the beginning of A1, wherever the hell that exactly. is. Exactly. And 
they were sweet and everything and how do we pay it and sure enough the whole thing is in italian if you want tourists and foreigners to pay this you should have part of this in english somewhere or but, a site to go to yeah to, or a site that says in english go to, go this, to site. this site yeah. and um so you can, if this does happen to you, you can go to any tobacco shop that um, most tobacco shops now have ways that certain bills can be paid, like the lottery uh, machines and things like that. If and you just wave it in front of someone at a tobacco shop, I said just shop, show them this, and they'll, they'll know what help to do. You out. And but you only have like ten days or twelve days to pay it. Um, you can also go on to the, like the Autostrada.it site, but <laughs> what a mess! That was uh, what probably. a mess! But it's just something to pay attention to. When you are um, coming into that toll booth, because it can be slightly confusing with all those signs. And coming in and going out. Mm-hmm. And going out, it's the same thing. Some are for credit cards. Some lanes to pay are for credit cards only. So I'm some sure like a hand with money, money. and that's a person there. Um, um, some are automatic where there's no attendant. Um, others are for the the electronic lanes. So you just when you're coming into the toll, like coming out of it uh, into the into the toll plaza, and just look above the signs. Take your time. Go slow. No one, everyone's slowing down. No one's on your ass. And if all else fails, you will see people pulled over before and after the toll booths, just chilling. That's just what I was going to say too. Just collect your get your shit together. Collect yourself. And then figure out which lane to go to. Because if you try to go to the credit card lane and you have a foreign credit card, sometimes they don't work. Or if it's a debit, debit card. card. Debit cards do not work in the, in the card lane. Um, and then Do not ju- be that guy who has to try to back out. Don't back out. Don't back out. If do you throw, you throw those uh, reverse lights on. It's the, listen, oh. do not back out. Just stay there. If you wait long enough, an attendant will come on and say something to you, and you'll just say, I don't know, and then they'll just spit out. She'll go, ugh, tourist. Spit out, and then the machine will spit out the long ticket, and you'll then pay it the fee at the thing. So just keep your eyes open. Yeah. We mentioned this because we had two or three Uh in the last couple of weeks about this. Exactly. Hope we didn't bore you with the toll toll procedure. Toll booth Willie talk. (laughs) Um, I think that's it for today. We covered a lot. Yeah. 53 minutes. Holy crap. It is is late now. Oh my gosh. Now we got to go. All right. We got to wrap this up. Yep. Um, You guys know where to find us. We're sold out this season. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, If anyone wants to be looking at 2020, shoot me an email. Check out the website www.latavlamarket.com Are there any holes for anything? There's a couple um, In holes. the autumn, we have a couple spaces for the gourmet getaway for there our three-night Thursday to Sunday packages. Check it out. Um, otherwise, find us exactly latavlamarket.com. Shoot us an email with any of your questions for the podcast. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. Latavlamarket. L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. Until next time. Alright, have a great summer. Talk to you later. Ciao, ciao. ciao.